everybody, my name is Remy. Welcome to the For the Love podcast with your host, Jen Hatmaker, my mom. She writes books and speaks to crowds, but she mostly loves talking to amazing people on this podcast every week. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show. Hey, everybody, Jen Hatmaker here, your very, very delighted host of the For the Love podcast. So glad you're here. Welcome to the show. Um, you probably know that we're in the middle of a phenomenal series called For the Love of Music about time, right? I can't believe it actually took us this long to do this one. Uh, and we are talking to artists of all stripes who have meant so much to us over the years. And so we're getting to hear stories behind some of our favorite songs and what inspires them and about their family and road life. It's all just super, super interesting. And this was actually your idea. And I'm so glad um, that you suggested this because we are loving it. So you guys, this is a big moment for us here at the podcast. Um, we have country music royalty in our midst. And I am just beside myself. I am. I'm beside myself. I have been such a huge, huge fan of our guest today since the early 90s. Um, she sung me through college and young adulthood and young marriage and young motherhood. And to this day, her music is so meaningful to me. Um, her, her songs just tell stories that have hit a bullseye on my heart and on your heart and your experiences and mine as women, as wives, as moms. Um, I am so pleased to tell you that Martina McBride is our guest for today's show. So um, like I said, if you were anywhere near country radio in the 90s, you remember when she hit the scene and joined the ranks for I mean, honestly, the most powerful female vocalists of her era. I mean, it was just a glorious time for women in country music. And Martina added absolute timeless songs like My Baby Loves Me and Independence Day and When God Fear and Women Get the Blues, Wild Angels, of course, A Broken Wing. Um, she's they, they go on and on. I could literally sit here and rattle these off for the next hour. These were like crank up the radio in the car, sing at the top of your lungs hits. Um, and as I'll tell her in just a minute, I actually shaped the whole intro to my last book of Mess and Moxie, um, after one of her songs, this one's for the girls. That song was so meaningful to me. I remember where I was. I was on the back of my husband's Harley. We were having like a long day ride with our friends. And I always listen to nineties country in my headphones when we're on the motorcycle. It's just the thing that I do. And Martina's song, this one's for the girls came on and I was in the writing process at the time. And I mean, I sat, I've heard that song a million times, but I sat on the back of Brandon's motorcycle and I just, I had tears like leak out of the side of my eyes underneath my helmet and went home. I literally went home the next day and um, wrote the intro for of Mess and Moxie and I modeled it after that song. And I of course gave her credit. And so anyway, I'll tell her about that. Like, I managed to not sing when I did, and I feel like I deserve a prize for that. Um, also, you'll be so happy to know that Martina has a heart of gold. The, in fact, the list of organizations she has helped is as long as my arm. So we're going to talk a little bit about giving and why that matters to her and her own organization, Team Music is Love. Um, and then, as if it's not enough, Martina um, has been sharing more and more about her life in the kitchen. So, you know, this is like everything that I love now. She's just released her second cookbook called Martina's Kitchen Mix, and now she has a cooking show on the Food Network. So 
I guess there's nothing she can't do. And she does everything that I love. So um, this was one of those days where I just pinched myself that I cannot believe this is my job and I get to do it. So I'm so pleased to share with you my conversation with the amazing Martina McBride. I'm beyond excited to welcome Martina McBride to the, to the show. Thanks for being on today. Of course. My pleasure. <laughs> Listen, I don't, I, I, I like, I had to give myself a little pep talk about five minutes ago. Like Jen, just be cool. <laughs> like be cool because I have just, I've loved you and your work for just years. I'm so, I'm so happy to meet you. I'm so thankful for what you have put out into the world over the course of your career. Um, and and just thrilled to get to talk to you. You and I are both Kansas girls. You grew up in Sharon, and I grew up in Hayesville. Do you know where that is? Yes. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I know, right? That's that's right. Wow. That's what we're going to say. Um, yeah. Wow. And I'm down in Austin now, of course. Um, so obviously, I've I've told our listeners a little bit about you and your impact on my life and so many others with your music and your story. But I'm just, I wonder if you can, for my community... Just roll it back to your days kind of running around Kansas. Can you tell us just a little bit about like how you came into music and when when you realized you had these like crazy pipes and you better do something with them? <laughs> well, I grew up on a farm, um, as you said, in a little tiny, by a little tiny town called Sharon, Kansas, which has about, at the time, had about 200 people in it. It's about 100, yeah. 102 now or something. But um, so... My dad was a farmer, but he was also a musician, and he had a band on the, uh, that played on the weekends. And um, so there was always music around our house, you know, the band rehearsing in the living room and this and that. And my brother and I just always played music. It was kind of like, you know, when you're on a farm, you're kind of isolated, and it wasn't like we could run. run. We, we just were there, and so there were music instruments, and we just started picking them up and playing them. And um, so I really started singing at about four or five years old and just always, I don't know. It was just my thing, you know, it was always just what I did and, and um, started playing in my dad's band when I was about seven um, playing keyboards and singing. And it was kind of our family thing to do. My mom ran the soundboard. My little brother played guitar. My older brother played drums for a while. My um, Was it country music? Was that the, yeah. your dad's style? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. It was country. It was like kind of a, a mix of like hardcore country, like Ernest Tubb and, and like really super Hank Williams. And then also sure. some of the outlaw stuff, Waylon and Willie. And then some, some rock songs made it on into there too, like CCR and um, ZZ Top and things like that. So yeah, it was just always what I've done. And, and I, I um, sang in, you know, I graduated from high school, went sang in a rock band. I sang Pat Benatar and Journey and Heart and all that music and then I sang in a pop band where I did like Whitney Houston and Aretha Franklin and Bonnie Raitt and Madonna and whatever was popular on the radio at the time and um, met my husband. Um, we got married in 1988 in Kansas and I had to take a little bit of time off from singing because I was starting to have a, a little bit of a vocal issue, like a little little nodule started, to, but it's like the kind of thing where if you just rest, they'll go away. So I kind of took some time off from singing in the club. And went back and sang with my dad's band a little bit uh, on a few weekends. And it just hit me. Like, I feel like I'd always kind of been searching for 
the direction that I wanted to go musically because I love to sing everything and I love all kinds of music. And I, I went back and sang with my dad's band in this little like battle of the bands contest. And I just like, all of a sudden I was like, this is the kind of music I want to sing and I yeah. want to move to Nashville. <laughs> so I went to my husband yeah. and I said, I want to move to Nashville. And he was like, okay. And he had a sound company, wow. a concert sound company that did um, sound for local concerts and t- toured a little bit. And, um, he just moved his whole company. We didn't know a soul. We just p- packed up on New Year's Day of 1990 and moved to Nashville. And, you know, obviously it was a great decision. But, um, yeah, and, and so we came here and just worked on getting a record deal. I was waiting tables and singing demos. And he got a job as production manager for Garth Brooks. And, you know, it just um, within about a year and a half, um, I had a record deal with RCA Records. So, and then wow. here we are. <laughs> and how old were you? Like, how old were you when you moved to Nashville? Let's see. Uh, I think I was about 24. Yeah, 23, that's what I thought. Something like that. Yeah. Which is my oldest daughter's age now. And I, I'm just like, that's a trip. I just realized that. Isn't that <laughs> bananas to look at her? Because yeah. she's a baby, of course. So you look at her and just think, I was out here hustling. I was singing for my supper, um, chasing a dream. I I love that your husband picked up his company and moved to Nashville. That's no joke. That is, yeah. that's maybe my favorite piece of that story. Um, your, your music has meant a lot to me over the years. Um, and I do want to tell you about, well, it's funny because, um, I told my sort of online community that you and I were going to be on the show together. And I just kind of said, everybody, what's your favorite Martina song? And after like, I don't know, 3000 or some odd responses, the, the, I think the result is all of them. It was like a tie for all of them. Um, But one of my absolute favorite songs of yours is this one's for the girls. And I, I just, I don't know. That song captures all the versions of women out there doing the best they can. It just, it makes me cry and it's timeless. In fact, um, I'm a writer and on the, my last book came out and I write for women and, um, I modeled the whole opener, the whole introduction after your song, of course, giving you credit and just talking about how this one's for you at about this age. And this book is for you at about this age, because that your song had been so meaningful to me. Um, and I, I wish we kind of had more music like this on the radio right now. I think that message is really strong and it really lasts. And so if you don't mind, I would just love to hear why you chose to cut that song. If you can just remember when you heard it and when you read it and, and what you were thinking at the time. And if, if you've had any stories from fans that stick out to you on that song in particular. Well, yeah, the first time I heard that song, it was an immediate reaction. I mean, I just immediately said, that's my song. I want to cut that song. Cause I felt like, you know, as you said, so many women would be, and girls would be able to relate to it and feel like somebody was singing for them, you know? And, um, I remember the, the line in the song that I still love so much is every last line on your face made you who you are today. I just, I mean, that just hit me like so strong. And the fact that we're all the same inside, you know, and, and we're all just going through it and we're finding our way. And no matter what age you are, you, there are challenges and, um, discoveries and you know it's all part of the journey so uh yeah and as far as fan stories I mean people do relate to that song and what I love about performing it live is um I look out in the crowd and everybody's singing along and then inevitably there's one (laughs) big 
burly guy that's just standing up <laughs> at the top of his lungs. I love oh, that. Every yeah, night, I'm just that's like, fabulous. I look for that guy and he's always, there's, they're always out there and they're just so into it. And I just love that so much, you know? Oh my gosh. I love that you told us that. Uh, yeah. I've got a dad who's got a whole bunch of daughters and that would be his kind of song. He's here for the anthem for his girls. I love that the men find you. Hey, everybody, Jen breaking in for just a second. I am, as you know, a huge advocate for counseling and feel like sometimes we just need a little guidance from a trusted source who can help us look at things objectively and find a way forward. So BetterHelp Counseling, it's an online resource that offers licensed professional counselors, and they're specialized in issues like depression and stress, anxiety, relationships, family conflicts, grief, honestly, you name it so much more. Um, you can connect with a professional counselor in a safe, private, absolutely confidential online environment. Uh, you can even schedule secure video or phone sessions or chats or texts with your therapist. And so best of all, it is truly affordable, which hinders a lot of us from good counseling. And so for you guys, the listeners of the For the Love podcast, BetterHelp is giving you 10% off your first month with the discount code for the love. So if you're needing a little help getting to that good change in your life, go to betterhelp.com slash for the love. Okay. So one more time, betterhelp.com slash for the love using the code for the love. Okay. Back to our show. One of the reasons that among many um, that your songs resonate with so many of us is because they are so resoundingly female and they talk about experiences with such a distinctly female point of view and an empowering one at that, of course, like Independence Day and Broken Wing in particular. But um, I, I don't know. I, I would love to hear your opinion on this because it, it feels like over the years, especially in your genre, um, that sometimes what we're hearing on the radio is shifting a little bit. There's not quite as many anthems like yours that speak into women's power and into their agency. And specifically in country radio, we're, we're hearing fewer and fewer women than ever. Uh, I just, I, your era, um, when you and, and your compatriots sort of hit the big stage was so wonderful for women, but now it just feels like an industry almost entirely dominated by men. Do you, am I overreaching here? I'm, I'm curious your thoughts on this and um, how you would sort of chart the changes and what you would attribute them to. Yeah, no, you're not overreaching at all. That's a fact. You know, I saw something the other day where 13% of the chart, country chart is women. So it's sad to me. You know, it's, it's, it's frustrating and it's very sad because you know, women have a specific point of view, as you said, and I think it's important, more important than ever. It's always been important, but to hear that, and it feels like um, it's just not a level playing field at all. And I don't know what contributed to that. I'm not really sure how that shifted um, because when I was coming up, we had a lot of women in country music, you know, and, and, mm, I, and, yeah, and, totally. and, and some of the, and some of the most iconic figures 
in any music, but especially in country music, have been women. You know, Dolly, Loretta. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's frustrating for me because I feel like, um, you know, for me as a listener, I want to hear music that that I relate to, right? So yes. I want to hear a, things from a woman's point of view. And I just think it's so necessary. Um, so, yeah, I don't, and I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened, and I don't know how to fix it. People ask me, well, hmm. what did you do? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how to fix it. But I see people, I see female artists like Casey Musgraves, uh, you know, and mm-hmm. like um, Maren Morris and like yeah. this singer that I love, Maggie Rose, that are just out there doing it. And they're, they're like not playing the chart game. They're not playing the radio game. It's a whole different way of, from when I came up, it's a whole different way of doing it. And I'm, I'm, I watch them and I see that them have success in different ways than a number one songs or whatever, you know? Yeah. And so maybe, maybe it's just, maybe we're not, maybe we don't need to play that game anymore. You know, maybe, maybe we can have success in a, in a bigger arena. In some ways I feel like, you know, while radio is still important, to get to have hits and have people show up at your shows and get your name out there. It's also it's a pretty small arena, really, when you think about it, if you just limit yourself to that. Um, so if you can get around it and kind of figure out, a new, these girls are forging a new path, which I think is just really um, impressive. And I'm, you know, I, I, I applaud that. I agree. I think there's just a new way to sort of go direct to your fan, direct to consumer yeah. and route around the systems. I, I did an event um, last fall with Cam, um, who's also just a really interesting artist um, in that genre. And um, she, she's, she's forging new and strong paths here too. And um, she posted something just a couple of days ago. I just pulled my, up it on my phone to remember, but she said um, 98% of music industry producers are men and 97% of music industry engineers and mixers are men. We don't have enough women in charge. Not enough women yeah. producing and 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 directing and organizing and so I would love to see this next generation not just secure their own success, but I'd like to see them at the head of the table. Yeah. Um I, I can only imagine what sort of music we could be experiencing if we had more women sort of leading the charge in terms of what's going out, what's, what's making it. So do you, do, do you produce, do you, is, do you have your hand in that at all? Yeah, absolutely. I always have. Mm-hmm. It's very important. Yep. It's part of my creative process and, and I love it. I love having a blank canvas and being able to paint whatever mm-hmm. picture I want to paint with, with, you know, sonically and um, with the lyrics and just whatever it is, you know, it's my picture to paint. It's not somebody else's picture to paint. So, so, That's exactly right. I thought what you said about women at, you know, mixers and engineers and producers is important, but also women record executives, Absolutely. women, people, you know, women in radio um, that make those decisions, programmers and people like that. That's important to get, you know, I don't, it's just a, you know, it's the, the percentage of women in those positions are, is so small as well. So small. It's a man's game. And women tend to hire other women too. So that ball really rolls downhill, um, which will be, it'll just be exciting to watch. I, I, I feel the tremors of change in a lot of industries. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm hopeful for this one as well. So one, one thing that I've always admired about you is how visibly important motherhood has always been to you, not just in your music, of course, you know, you've given us just 
sob songs, like my daughter's yeah. eyes. Um, but like also in your schedule, I, I read that when your girls were growing up, you toured less so you could raise them with a little bit more normalcy in their lives. And of course they are young women now uh, mm-hmm. and they're gorgeous. They're so tall. You, you have tall know, right? daughters. Um, what, what have you grown to admire about them? You are just one click ahead of me. My, I have five kids, which is ridiculous, but the oldest is 20. So I'm just, just a yeah. hair behind you. And it's really fun watching them grow up and start to flourish. What have you loved about watching your girls hit young adulthood and kind of spread their own wings? Like, what are you learning as a mom in this stage? Yeah, it's, a, it's amazing because I see them, I see their passion. I see their compassion. They're very, very, very compassionate, loving people. They're very supportive of each other, which I really is my favorite thing. Um, they lift each other up. You know, there's no, there's not that sister rivalry or whatever. They really lift each other up in the smallest ways and the biggest ways, which is so beautiful to see as a parent, right? And they're just, you know, finding their way. They, I love that they come to me and talk to me about stuff. I think that we've always had this relationship where, I mean, I'm not naive enough to think they tell me everything, but right. we have always had this really open, you know, non-judgmental kind of place where they can come and talk to me about big stuff and little stuff. And it's all important. And so I love that we talk about what they're going through and they're not secretive about it. And, and we can, and I can therefore, you know, have some teachable moments and be able to pass on some wisdom and they teach me stuff, you know, they teach me about, I think sometimes our generation, my generation has a smaller view of the world, you know, a little bit of like status quo or Mm. just kind of making our way without making too too many waves or whatever, you know? And I feel like this generation is really waking up and waking us all up to the fact that it can be different and, and you have to fight for what you believe in. And not that I haven't in the past, but you know what I mean? It's just more palpable yeah. now. Oh, I couldn't agree more. I think that their age group gets a lot of crap. And my experience with young adults in their 20s right now is that they are incredibly vibrant and courageous. They're, they care about the world. They I, I love what I see in them. I'm not sure where they're getting this reputation. It's just kind of an easy trope actually to sell, but that is not my experience of them. I have a great deal of hope um, riding on the next generation. I love what I see. I think they're they're going to go farther than we even thought to dream of. They're, yeah. they're thinking thoughts that I did not think until I was in my late 30s. I mean, I I can't believe how much they understand about the world and about systems and um, how prepared they are to jump in. And so, yeah, I, I, I agree with you completely. I love young adults. I mean, frankly, give me a young adult 1,000 times over a kindergartner. Uh, I've yeah. done my time. I have done my time. Um, I think one of the hardest things for my community, I lead a lot of women um, to cope with. And, and I know you get this question because I do too. And it, it's always just like a big question mark, but it's balance. Um, uh, people ask me all the time how I keep a balanced life. I'm like, why do you think I am? Like, what's giving you that impression yeah. that my life <laughs> is balanced? Um, but your, your life is so interesting. So when you're on the road, um, and you're really needing to fill your well and restore some energy and find like a quiet moment in such a crazy world, what does that look like for you? I'm curious how you take care of yourself 
and of your people, your team, your folks in the middle of what is, it feels a little crazy. It's a lot of people. It's a lot of energy. Um, how do you sort of keep the scales a, a little bit more in balance for your own well-being? Yeah. Well, first of all, I've, I've worked really hard and long to surround myself with people that are positive and, um, and care about each other. So like on the road, I have a family. That's my family, my chosen family. And, you know, we've been together, a lot of us have been together a long time. My tour manager has been with me for 25 years. My, my musical director, 24 and so on. So it, it is a family and they all look out for each other. There's, and they all have families too. So there's not, we're kind of past the, so in our wild oats phase, you know, so it's, it's sure. lovely. It's, it's lovely. We get to go out and play music and we get to hang out together and, and, um, we care about each other. We have history together. Right. We know about each other's kids. And we, you know, my guitar player just became a grandpa. He's the first one of us to have a grand grandchild. Nice. So, you know, it's like, so that helps me balance that. That is very yeah. balanced, you know, and I, I know they have my back. I know they care about me personally. Mm. Um, so yeah, there's not that worry, you know, I, yeah, it, that matters. There's, there's, it's not, not off balance at all. So that, that, that kind of environment, um, and creating that kind of environment for yourself, if you can, with the people that you surround yourself with, support it, I think, for balance. I think that's so underrated, that even just making the very concerted choice to have healthy people in your life, um, in your career, that alone is a balancing factor. That they are not yeah. constantly like capitalizing on you, or exploiting your fame, or... Um, throwing you to the wolves. I mean, that just, and in, and in your industry, that that's the case for a lot of people. Yeah. And it hasn't always been that way because I am like the ultimate, I don't know what I am, but I always hang on to those people for far too long. Like I, I'm mm. so loyal yeah. and I give them so many chances yeah. and believe in that they're going to change. You know how it is. So I totally am learning as, as I get older, you know, I'm 52 now and I'm like, have finally started learning that, mm you know, you got to believe who people are when they show you the first time, like Maya Angelou said. So it's mm. part, part of my process is, is really learning to let those people go and, um, and, you know, keep, keep the good people and the positive people close to you. Mm, that's so good. Gosh, I hope our daughters learn that earlier than we did. I hope they can pick up on that much quicker. And I think they are. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm like, you, I'm a people pleaser and I'm loyal. And so together that can be a real recipe for a toxic relationship that should have been jettisoned ages ago. Um, And I too, I'm just learning that the older I get. Um, My my middle daughter is like super, um, intuitive and she's the one that always tells me, mom, these people, you know, you don't need to be around these people. You don't need this person in your life. And I'm like, Oh, come on. She's like, no, I'm telling you. And she's always right. (laughs) She's always right. So I've learned to listen to her. Oh, that's so funny. I just, my people that are listening to this are going to be laughing right now because this, I tend, I'm kind of a glass half full type and I tend to look at the world with real rosy eyes. And I think everybody means well. And I think they, um, we must have just misinterpreted what they were saying. I'm so naive about that. And so I, I too have to surround myself with realists who are like, Jen, get your head out of the cl- You are crazy. That, there's just a mean person. I'm like, oh, okay. I was going to give them a seventh chance. Um, yeah. By the way, let me just 
be the millionth person to say to your ears, I am sure. Um, and that you just mentioned that you're 52 and you're just like fire engine hot. So I don't know what your secret sauce is, but I wish you would bottle it and sell it. Um, if you could see me right now, I'm in my, I'm in my pajama bottom, a, a t-shirt, no bra, no makeup, my hair. I definitely need a shower. So yeah, it's like a lot of, a lot of glam and good lighting. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Look, that only endears you to us more and you know it. And so, um, I, I, we, I love that both sides of you, but your glam side, man, you are nailing it. Hey guys, Jen breaking in to make a quick recommendation. As a writer and creative myself, I know how easy it is to fall into like working in a vacuum when I'm trying to get a project done. Isn't the best way or time for me to, I don't know, expand my perspective or help me grow in my craft, which is why I love Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning community for creators, for creatives of any kind. So with more than 25,000 classes in design and business, writing, social media, photography, so much more. You can discover, honestly, endless ways to fuel your curiosity um, or your creativity or even the career you already have. So you can join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare today with a very awesome offer just for my listeners. You can get two months of Skillshare for free. Skillshare is offering the For the Love community two months of unlimited access to over 25,000 classes for absolutely free. So to sign up, this is how all you have to do. Go to Skillshare.com slash For the Love. Okay, that's it. That's the link you need. Skillshare.com slash For the Love to start your free two months right now. This is a good investment in you, in your work, in your creativity, and in your dreams. So Skillshare.com slash For the Love. Okay, back to our show. Um, Another thing that I've loved watching is the way you commit yourself to organizations doing good in the world. This matters to me a lot too. This is a big piece of my value system. And so um, I, 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 I'd love for you to talk for a minute about um, why you make the time and give the energy to the organizations that you love and s- sort of what that has meant to you. Well, it's about, I don't know. I think it's just the way I was raised or something. It's just an instinct for me. I just feel like it's important to, I have the, I have a, like a way and the means, you know, and the, the sort of public platforms to, to say something and people listen. So that's, that just comes with a responsibility. And I don't judge anybody else for not using it. I'm just saying, like, for me personally, it's important to, to leave the world a better place and to make a positive difference with that, you know, because it's so, it's such a gift. Like, I was just gifted this life, you know, and this whatever talent I have. And so it's like, I don't know. It just, it just feels like the right thing to do. Mm, it does. Um, I, I, I just completely agree. And it's such a good example for everybody watching you too, um, that there's room. I, I think sometimes we, it's just easy to slip into this mental space of scarcity that there's just only so much to give you 
kind of got to be grabbing onto everything super tight to just increase your platform and your visibility and your success. But really, there is just enough to go around. And in my experience, sharing and giving it away and elevating other people, it just multiplies it all. To me, it just it's that rising tide that lifts kind of every boat in the harbor. And I just can't think of another way to live. Speaking of, I would love for you to tell my listeners a little bit more about your own organization, Team Music is Love. Um, can you tell everybody kind of what it is and how it got started with the t-shirt and how they can get involved? Yeah, Team Music is Love was really started by a group of fans who called, who contacted me and said, can we wear a t-shirt with and walk in your honor in a breast cancer walk? And I was like, sure. And it was, it used to be called Team Martina. And I was like, we need a better name for sure. But um, <laughs> it just started... Um, this woman named Sheila Jones uh, just is passionate about it, to be honest. And she started, and these fans started organizing. Um, in my my vision for it was to have um, instead of one big organization that does like a fundraiser every year. My vision for it was to kind of enable people or empower people to do stuff in their own communities, and in the name of Team Music is Love or whatever, to sort of give them a something to hold on to, you know, an organization, but really just to go out. And I think it lifts people up. It makes them feel better if they're doing something to help others. And so that was my original vision for it. And we just, um, you know, very grassroots started growing and growing and we've done, it's not a, it's not a charity that does just one thing. We help wherever we see a need. So we've done a lot of things for hunger relief. Um, we've done, done things for, you know, women and children charities are super close to my heart. So we've done a lot of things. We, we started a, a music school um, at Covenant House in Guatemala to for girls that have been trafficked and rescued and abandoned. They come to Covenant House, and this music program just binds them together. It just is something that they can do together. It's obviously we know how uplifting music and making music and creating is. So just a lot of things that we've done. And you know, when we go on tour, we try to do things locally in each as much as we can in each you know, city, if there's a food bank that needs some volunteering, if there's a shelter that needs some volunteering. So yeah, it's just, um, it's just really unique, I think, for a charity in that it has, it, it has a lot of arms and tentacles and, and, yeah. and it, it has a wide reach. So if you want, if people are interested, um, go to teammusicislove.com, join us and, you know, help. I love that. That's so creative and innovative and, Guys, we'll have all that linked over on the um, transcript for sure. So uh, one other thing I want to talk to you about real quick before um, we go is this is one of my favorite things about you right now. Apparently, you can cook, too. And this is very (laughs) exciting for me. Food is my favorite thing. And I love cooking as well. And so, I mean, you've taken your talents to all the way to a cookbook. You've taken them to a show in the Food Network. I mean, this is happening. This is absolutely yeah. happening. Um, in fact, you've, it's your second cookbook, right? Martina's Kitchen Mix? Uh-huh. Yeah. So much fun. I wonder if you could talk just a minute about cooking and recipes that you love and what this, this is just a whole interesting side of your life that is a whole new lane. Is it, are you enjoying this? Is this fun for you? Yeah, I love it. It's, it's You know, I feel so grateful that I'm, that I'm able to have you know, basically two kind of two careers, like some, and they're both things that I'm really passionate about. Right. So I love cooking and I've always loved to cook. And people would just say, they seem to enjoy my food. And they would say, you should have a cookbook. You should have a cooking show. And I was like, yeah, yeah. 
that's not going to happen, but cool, whatever. (laughs) And then it happened. And, um, it's so much fun to be able to share recipes and just ideas. And, and it's kind of my, I always say it's my love language. It's how I like to take care of people. So, um, through food and cooking and I don't know, I'm just really lucky and blessed that I get to explore this in a, in a really cool way. What do you think about what's it like having a show on the food network? Cause I mean, it's just such a different skill set. It's, it's a complete, you're, I mean, you're obviously a performer. It's, you're no stranger to a camera, but it's so different. It's just so different than being an, an artist and a musician in front of everybody. Was there like a learning curve? I'm sure there oh, was. Yeah. Oh yeah. It is very different. And, um, trying to remember, you know, for me, cooking is kind of a solitary activity. So it's yep, meditative same. for me. So I'm always in the, you know, if I'm in the kitchen, it's usually alone. Um, yep. and so now all of a sudden you're in front of a camera and about 20 people, by the way, who are, <laughs> and, and it's like, it's like, you know, I'm also one of these cooks that kind of always refers to the recipe. Like I don't memorize the whole thing. Uh-huh. Right. So yep. I'm always checking it and I can't do that on TV. So you have, have to, you know, oh, yeah. from making a dish, it's like, I have to kind of remember half a cup of this and a two teaspoons of that and a tablespoon of this. And a pin. and it's like, it's a lot oh, to gosh. remember and also be entertaining and also not cut your finger off. And also, you know, it's not, <laughs> it's, it's just a lot. It's a lot. So um, yeah, so luckily I have a great team that is very patient with me and has had a lot of experience and, and yeah, so you just do it, you know? And, and I think, I think as I watch back the first season, I think it got better. You know, I can see it getting better and better. Sure. So um, it's just experience, you know. The world of like cookbooks and cooking shows is just so fascinating and fun. I love that you're enjoying it. Um, okay. So as we wrap it up here, these are these are just three kind of quick questions that we're, we're asking everybody in the music okay. series. So here is the first question. Um, when you need a pick-me-up, who do you put on the radio? Who do you put on the record player? Uh, I usually reach for my Amy Winehouse back, back, you know, that album. Yeah. I I reach for that rehab and that whole record. It just lifts me up. It's so, it's so interesting and I love her voice. And so that, that's kind of my go-to. She was an amazing talent. I I can't think of anybody I've ever known like her. I know every word to that album. Um, Question, what, is there like a, is there a musical bucket item still on your list? Like either a venue you haven't sung at or a, a, somebody you'd love to partner with or collaborate with, or just anything at all. Is there anything you've yet to do that you want to do? I want to make a gospel album, you know. Do you? Sorry. Yeah, I, I grew up, you know, in that little tiny town, like I said, and, and we had this little church um, and my dad and I sang those old classic country, kind of country gospel songs, like, sure. you know this world is on my home, precious memories, like all of those from the, from the hymnal. And I, I want, I really want to do that. I, I, I got started on it and I've recorded two songs, but I need to get back in and finish that. I think, I think that would be a nice thing to leave behind, you know? I think your fans would go bananas for that. Like absolutely. Okay. Universe, you've heard it. Let's make it happen. Um, <laughs> that that's kind of in your wheelhouse a little bit too. Those kind of power gospel ballads. I mean, I could, I literally can sort of chart it in my head right now. That's a great answer. Here's the last question. And we actually ask every guest, every series, this question. And your answer can be serious. It can be silly. It can be big. It can be small. So really just whatever. Okay. Um, and it's a, it's a question I borrowed from a favorite author. 
Um, and it says, what is saving your life right now? Oh my gosh. That's such a good question. Mm-hmm. Um, probably the fact that I get to go on a vacation in a couple of weeks. Yay! <laughs> I, you know, last year at the end of the, starting in about August, it was nonstop. I, I was finishing my Christmas album. So I was in the studio every day. I was doing the television show, the food network, Martina's table. I was, um, finishing up the cookbook and reviewing and proofreading and testing and all that stuff. And I was also traveling a lot, touring. And then when everything came out at once, we had the Christmas album and the book all kind of come out and the TV show. We, we were like all over, you know, LA, New York, traveling, doing book signings, doing television. It was so much fun, but it was a lot. So I kept saying, when I get done with this year, I'm going to go on a beach, like a tropical vacation. And so I'm doing, my husband and I are going um, next, like the last week of February. So in a couple of weeks, we're going to go and I cannot wait. I'm just looking forward to it so much. Oh my goodness. A good vacation can get me through any season. If I know I have it to look forward to, I can put my yeah. head down and power through any, any mountain of work, just knowing that that's coming. Um, that's great. And right during in winter, like the perfect time to leave. Um, that's fabulous. So what, just tell us like what you're working on right now, what we can expect from you, where we can be looking for you, all of that. Well, I am starting to wrap my head around making a new album, which is, you know, right now I don't have anybody that's breathing down my neck or demanding, demanding it. So it's, I've, it's fun because I can t- really take my time and sort of wrap my head around what, what direction I want to go. What is it? What do I want it to sound like? I'm starting to write for it. Um, and so that's fun. So I don't know when that's going to come out. I'm, you know, when I'm going to start working on it, but that's hopefully by the end of the year or early next year. And then we're just touring, you know, and I'm working on, you know, the next, um, the next book and, and just, you know, just more of the same, but it's all so much <laughs> fun. So great. I, I'm excited. I know what a life, right? Who could have ever imagined Um, it's so fabulous. I want to just tell you, um, I want to tell you, thank you. I want it from, from my whole generation for just walking us through every stage, um, of growing up, of becoming women, of becoming wives and moms and career professionals. And, um, I just, it feels like you've been a companion to us all this time. And we, we used your words. We borrowed your lyrics when we didn't know how to explain what else was going on in our heads and in our lives. And it's just mattered to us. Your work has really, really mattered to us. And so I want to thank you for the endless hours you've poured into your work, all the creativity, all the blood, sweat, and tears, um, all, there's a high cost to what you do. And I just really want you to know that it has mattered to us and we're grateful and, um, and never, ever stop. Like if you'll put out an album once a year, we'll all buy it. So, um, thank you for all you do. And thanks for being on the show today. Thank you for saying that. That I'm going to make me cry. That's, that's just amazing. And, um, I really appreciate that so much. You don't know. I mean, absolutely every word. Okay. (laughs) Great to meet you. Thanks, Martina. Great talking to you, Jen. Take care. Fabulous. (laughs) You guys, when I hung up the call um, with Martina just now, I just laughed. I just sat at my desk and I laughed (laughs) because I just love her so much. And I can't believe I just got to have a conversation with Martina McBride. 
um, just such a hero to me. So I hope you loved that. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. And um, as you know, everything we talked about, we're going to have over at jenhatmaker.com under po- under the podcast tab. Uh, all of her stuff, her links to her socials and her books and her music and her schedule and her Food Network show. Like if we talked about it or if we didn't talk about it, it's going to be over there. Um, we'll pull up some pictures too and make sure we load that up. Amanda does a great job of building out our podcast page every single week. And I hope that you are using it because it's an amazing resource, including, of course, the entire transcript if you'd like to read it again. So um, thanks for listening. Um, thanks for suggesting this great series. I'm enjoying it so very much. I have... I just so many exciting things to come in it still. And you are not going to want to miss any of it. I mean, we're talking, when I say like music royalty, that's kind of what we have um, in this, in this series. And so come back next week. You're going to be glad you did. Um, and if you liked this one, give it a share. Um, and we appreciate those of you who do that. A lot of you share our podcast um, on your socials and um, you link them over to your friends. And that's so great. Thank you for bringing us new listeners. Thank you for bringing our show to the people that you love. Like we take that so seriously. So on behalf of Amanda and of our producer, Laura and her entire team, it's just, we're a grateful little podcast community here. So um, you guys have a fabulous week and see you next time. That's it for today's show. Hope you enjoyed this chat. Be sure to subscribe to my mom's podcast and give it a thumbs up rating if you like it. From the whole Hatmaker family, I hope you have a great week and see you next time.